This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We are going to talk about some running back situations. Green Bay and Miami. We're going to preview that Green Bay-San Francisco game. And hopefully, we're going to take your mind off some things and talk a little football here for the next hour. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Oh, yeah, the Fantasy Cops are coming on as well, so that'll be fun. I didn't get the music queued up. That is my fault. Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Ben Schrager filling in for Heath today. What's up, Ben? What's going on? I'm... Not showing enough chest hair for Heath, but <laughs> otherwise, yeah, I'm filling in for Heath. Let's hear your best sigh, Shraggy. Uh, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. That was. Give uh, Heath a run for his money. Yeah. How many Heath sighs do I have? What's this one? I, don't, I haven't pressed this button in a while. I don't know which one it's going to be. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that is an exasperated uh, Heath. Oh, is that the compilation? I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, uh, Oh, there you go. A little compilation for you, everybody. All right. So here we are on Wednesday. As I mentioned, we're going to be doing some regulating a little bit later. And we will read your Fantasy Cops questions. Trivia question to start the show. Which team is allowing the fewest points per game in the NFL? Oh, I know the answer. Do you really? Yeah. Doing research, it came across my uh, screen. Ben? So I know the answer. Let's let Ben have a chance to guess. They are. 20. I want to say, yeah. Go ahead. I want to say Ravens, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. No, uh, the Miami Dolphins are number one. It? What? Yeah. They, yeah, they're the number one team in fantasy points per game allowed. Ravens are second. Chiefs are third. Fantasy points per game. Amazing. No points per game. Is it That's actual points? Did too? I say fantasy yeah, points? Yeah, you said fantasy points. I didn't mean that. I meant reality points per game. <laughs> okay, yeah. They're 20th in yards per game allowed, so, you know, probably not going to keep it up, but that's a fun stat. Uh, we have um, buy low and sell high throughout the show, so we'll get there in a, in a minute. Please watch Fantasy Football Today on HQ. If you missed the noon HQ show, you can watch on demand on the CBS Sports app or on OT, uh, on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app and scroll down until you see the FFT familiar faces. And also, Parlay Pick'em. This is really fun. You can pick your best five-team parlay against the spread. Contest is open from Tuesdays through Sundays. We give away $1,000 guaranteed every week, and the odds are provided by William Hill Sportsbook. Go to cbsportscom slash parlay. The big news. A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams out. Aaron Jones Apparently, some pessimism. They're playing Thursday at San Francisco. Dave, I want a Green Bay running back to start this week. Who am I taking? You will probably take Tyler Irvin to be that running back, but you should have next to no expectations for him or for Dexter Williams, who will be the other running back that figures to get work. What you should count on is Aaron Rodgers throwing a lot and maybe even running himself a little bit. I, I do not have faith on, in Tyler Irvin. He, he's more receiver than running back. And last week, he dropped two passes on consecutive plays. Mm, he's, so, so why he, don't, he's, he's not great. And why don't Dexter you have faith Williams, in Williams isn't yeah. great either. And they're both inexperienced, and they're both probably below the average, the line of average running backs. I guess I should say that they're below average running backs. This is this is going to be a tough spot for the Packers. <laughs> That's a funny way of calling someone below average, right? He's below the uh, the line of. I was average. thinking of like the Mendoza line, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I we we don't have that type of line in fantasy. No, but I mean, we could probably come up with a player at some point during the show, and we can start putting running backs above and below that line. Yeah, well, Urban I think and, I Urban think, and Williams are below that line. I think uh, Tampa Bay running backs. Ronald Jones could be that one. <laughs> yeah, who wants to start him against the Saints? Right? I'll take him over Irvin or Williams at this point. Ben, how about you? I'm in the same boat. I think Irvin probably catches four passes, but he may drop two of them, only get four targets, and Roger says, I'm not throwing to any running backs this game. And Dexter Williams could fall into the end zone. Dexter Williams could play 10 snaps. If Rogers doesn't like the way it's going, he could throw 65 times on Thursday night. So I'm not excited about either, but in PPR... I'll go Irvin. That's probably the better way to go. And obviously both 49ers running backs ahead of the Packers running backs. 
Yeah, and Matt Breida ahead of them. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Breida's interesting. Breida is interesting. Let me just say this though, you know, with the Packers situation, it does remind me a little bit of the Seahawks, except I guess there are two mouths to feed. We think, but. Do we love DJ Dallas? I don't think so. Was he facing a tough matchup? It's the same matchup. It's the it's the 49ers who are now allowing the second fewest fantasy points to the running backs. But Aaron, Aaron Jones has scored a touchdown in every game he's played. Jamal Williams has had 100 yards in both of his starts and a touchdown in one of them. So that's why I didn't want to just completely poo-poo the Packers. I think if we were one guy, we might be more excited. To split it would be disappointing. But yeah, Breida, you know... So he's got Arizona this week, but three-week absence, roughly, for, for Miles Gaskin, sprained MCL. Dave, um, I wish I hadn't been so occupied last night. I would have put in more bids for Matt Breida. <laughs> uh, what do you think? He's only like 17% rostered, I think. you got to get your priorities straight, Adam. I, uh, I, do. I, I do believe that he's got a chance to help running back needy fantasy managers get by as a three-week Band-Aid. I think he'll be the best running back for the Miami Dolphins. Until Gaskin comes back, he's kind of like Gaskin in that he's 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 a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's an explosive runner. I think there was hesitation to use him a lot because his body has broken down. But if it's a three-game window that he's got to play, I don't mind him being used. I don't think he's going to be a feature back, but he'll be the lead back for the Dolphins, and you might see Jordan Howard reprise his role as the hammer between the tackles. Okay, and would you drop... By the way, it's 30, 31% roster now. Yeah, Matt Breida. Would you drop Boston Scott or Giovanni Bernard to pick up Matt Breida? Only if I need a Band-Aid this week, because I think that if either one of those guys are starting next week, I'd much rather have them next week than Breida. So if I need somebody this week, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm fine doing it, and I'll start Breida, but I would prefer to hold on to both of those guys. Okay. So is is... Matt Breida ahead of Ronald Jones. Yes. The, the Jones line. He is. How about David Montgomery or Matt Breida this week? I like Montgomery in a good matchup. I, uh, I've i got Montgomery a little bit higher. Okay. All right. So Matt Breida is interesting. Go, go get him, everybody. And it's not just one week. It might be three weeks. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they don't do that shenanigans that Dave was just talking about with Jordan Howard getting the one-yard touchdown runs. Oh, I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. By the, you know, and just to throw it out there. I mean, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would imagine that the number of carries inside the 10 that Matt Breed has had with the Dolphins is in the single digits and potentially a zero. Oh, oh it's definitely single digits. He hasn't had that many carries to begin with. Okay, favorite buy low. We're going to go to Dave. You've got a couple of running backs on there. You got Well, you gave us three names for your buy lows. You gave us Clyde Edwards-Elair, Jonathan Taylor, and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So let's do it one by one here. Clyde Edwards Ealer, we'll go with him first. He has uh, nine, like 18 touches, was it? Yeah, 18 touches in two games. It's been of terrible. Bell. Right, right, right. He and Le'Veon are, it, it's not quite 50 50 in terms of snaps, but in, in terms of touches, it's it's pretty close to that. And he hasn't been great with them. I can't imagine it stays this way. I really can't. I think Edwards Ealer is still the more talented running back. What has Le'Veon shown in the two games that he's been to Kansas City? That he's he's good at like splitting the workload with Edwards Elaire. I don't think he's necessarily a better running back. And I think that as as December comes along, teams get a little more conservative offensively, and that'll help Edwards Elaire hopefully pick up more touches. And his price has never been lower. We 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 did this game when when Le'Veon went to Kansas City. What what where would you draft him if we were drafting again right now for the rest of the season? And we talked about him in that round two three turn. Now, I think if we were drafting, I think the consensus would put him maybe in round four because it's been so ugly through two games. I think he can outperform that. So if if the manager in your league that's got Edwards Allaire is unhappy with him, go get him because I think there will be some great games ahead. And I feel the exact same way with Jonathan Taylor. I just don't believe that Jordan Wilkins is going to take over this backfield when Jordan Wilkins hasn't taken over anything his entire career. So Taylor's another one that's a great by-low running back that should be able to get his act together. Um, the caveat with Taylor is that if he's legitimately hurt and he shows up on the injury report with the ankle and then is out, then maybe that slows down the excitement for him. And then it gives Wilkins a legitimate chance to be something. I I just do I, – I can't help myself here. I think the talent is too good with both these rookie running backs. Okay. i just going to say this about Taylor, right? I'm going to question this, right? have we kind of assigned greatness to him a little bit too early? 
the guy has two games this year with more than 68 rushing yards. Um, maybe only one game. Yeah, one game this year. How many games this year? Has he had? Hold on. Hold, well, that, I was just about to get to that. He, they don't give him a lot of work. You know, it's very frustrating. He has 100 carries this season. One carry out of 100 has gone for more than 16 yards. His longest run is 21 yards. It, you know, he doesn't really catch a lot of passes most weeks. I was all about... I, like, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here because I have been bringing him up. Great schedule. Schedule looks a little bit tougher now than it did. Tennessee's run defense has come around a bit. They got Baltimore this week. I thought the same thing about Jonathan Taylor. I'm just wondering, have we, have we anointed him a little bit too early well, here? He's not really playing that well, you know? He's not doing that well. He's just scoring and I was, touchdowns. I was on the other side of that. You remember in the draft in August when we were talking about where to draft Jonathan Taylor, I wasn't touching him, yeah. where guys like Jamie and Ben Gretchen and probably even Heath and, and Ben as well wanted to take him. They were, they were looking at him in round three or round four. And then when uh, Marlon Mack got hurt, everybody was like, oh, well, if I had known that, Jonathan Taylor would have been a second-round pick. And I agreed with that. But he he certainly has not played to the level that we thought. And it still, I'll say what I said on Sunday, it looks like he's still not quite sure he knows what he's doing. Right, so that's he, why I'm wondering, is he really is really the good buy low that it you're, doesn't, you're saying? It doesn't necessarily take a full season for a running back to click. And sometimes it could take something as simple as one play for him to start to, okay, all right, I got this now. I'm ready to go. So maybe it was a case last week where the ankle was legitimately slowing him down. Maybe it was what I thought it was where he's just thinking a little bit too much and not playing freely. Maybe it's something else that we just don't know about. Maybe could it really be that he's just not as talented of a running back as that we well, we saw when he was at Wisconsin? I doubt it. No, I, I don't. Really I, doubt I don't, Dave. One. I don't want to say it's talent. I think I'm not doubting his talent. I'm just doubting his production. Right? Just just looking at the raw numbers, he just hasn't really been nearly as productive as we thought. Maybe he's just still, like you said, just still kind of learning. And Jordan Wilkins isn't going to overtake him if if, if Taylor's healthy, most likely. But is he going to be a thorn in the side? Remember, he had that three game stretch where he had nine carries each game, and then they completely went away from Jordan Wilkins. So, you know, did he carve did he carve out a role in a multi back system? I, that's all I'm saying. You know, to put it to to finish it off, like when would you draft Jonathan Taylor right now if we were drafting again? Round three four. Yeah, three four turn. So and I you, think, Adam, you're right. Like about talent, I think that may be a reason why they're not using him as much because they do think there's talent there and maybe he's not ready because Wilkins and Hines have gotten the job done in their little opportunities. So they don't really have a reason to give Taylor more than 12 carries a week. Well, who would you guys rather have, Taylor or CEH? I'd rather have Taylor. I think I would too. Okay. Dave, your last buy low is Lamar Jackson. Who's been a disappointment, yeah. especially where you drafted him. But I do think that there will be some great games ahead. I love his schedule for the fantasy playoffs. He's he he's another one who just for whatever reason the passing hasn't clicked this year like it did last year. And he's not running quite as much. And if he is, it's not quite as hyper efficient as he was in twenty nineteen. I think that can flip. Yeah. Well, look, he's still on pace for nine hundred and thirty nine rushing yards. So I've been it's, saying this. Yeah, that's pretty good. He basically has to just be a little bit better as a passer and he's still going to be really good for you. I'm okay. saying the best is yet to come for Lamar Jackson. Ben, your favorite by lows. One of them is a teammate of Mark Jackson. You've got of Lamar Jackson. You've got Mark Andrews and you've got James Connor. So Mark Andrews, uh, he is not getting a lot of targets, but which is not a surprise, but yeah, anyway, uh, go ahead. Mark Andrews. He's not the targets aren't there. And the last two weeks he's, two for 21 and three for 32. And you know how Mark Andrews rolls. He's going to have a 60 yard game with two touchdowns pretty soon. And he's still a top five tight end because the tight end position is so bad. So someone frustrated with that, those last two weeks may want to get rid of him. And Andrews does have the sixth easiest schedule for tight ends rest of season. It may not matter too much because targets just aren't there, but I think Lamar Jackson's going to click. I agree with the buy low Dave. And I think Mark Andrews is going to be a beneficiary. I think that that's what would help Lamar Jackson click. Remember, there, there was this whole big deal during the offseason about Lamar's got to be a better thrower downfield. And maybe he just, he, he he's not going to be there. I mean, he may not get there until next year with those passes to Marquise Brown. And they worked in Devin DuVernay. And there were some passes even as recently as last week where he did get the job done. But I think if you, if you wanted to get Lamar Jackson back on track, go to the guy who's been his most reliable pass catcher since he started taking snaps two seasons ago. 
And that was Mark Andrews. He's always done a nice job throwing to Andrews. They need to get him going. You know, I had some guys I was going to throw out at you as are they by lows? And one of mine was the uh, the old squeaky cricket. Oh, wait. Wrong song. What the? Yeah. Thank you for destroying my ears. Nope. There we go. There's the cricket sound. That's the windshield wiper. Uh, <laughs> Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown was another one. Are we just it's the windshield wiper in the desert? Yeah. <laughs> no water whatsoever. I that see. thing is just rubbing on I the windshield. Three buttons. I finally got the right one. Sorry about that. How can you be a squeaky wheel a game after you caught a touchdown? Because he got two, three targets. He had two targets in the game. Out it, there uh, tweeting about no targets, but yeah. I don't know. He's going to be up. He's been up and down his whole career. So I think it's tough to trade for a guy after a touchdown whole career. game. It's in his second season. Yes, it's his whole career. career. Short career. Yeah, I don't know. I, I so is Mark Andrews. That's kind of the thing with the with the Ravens. They don't have a lot of passing yards, so they need hyper efficiency. Uh, Brown is still leading the team. This is the target breakdown for the Ravens. Even after Brown just had two targets and Snead just had a big game. Brown forty four, Andrews thirty nine, Snead twenty two, Boykin twenty two. Still, those two guys getting most of it. You know, as it should be. Yeah, I I would I could make the case for him as a buy low, but I've always been kind of high on him. I think the bottom line is if they give him targets, he's going to produce. Andrews is currently the number seven tight end in PPR. Yeah. Okay, He'll sorry. He'll be sick um, soon because Kittle, you know, not going to be right. around. Uh, James Conner was your other one. So is he really a buy low? What do you think? Under 50 rushing yards, two out of the past four games, people might be frustrated with him, but 15 touches and six straight, and he has a great upcoming schedule. So I still think he's a high-end RB2, low-end RB1. So if you can get him at an RB2 price, I'm all in. If you can, that would be great. It would also be great to buy a Ferrari for $25,000. I might have to Listen, I I think the argument could be made that James Conner is a buy high and that if you wanted to go and get a running back that seems to score every week, is the main cog in the Steelers' offense, and they're eventually going to have to do something to change up their offense because this short passing game that they've been doing is going to get snuffed out pretty soon. So So one thing that they can do is lean on Connor even more. I know they might not want to do that, but I think that it it would help them diversify a little bit. And the other thing is taking shots downfield. How about that? They establish taking (laughs) shots downfield. Well, they they need some speed in order to do that. And I don't know if they, if Deontay Johnson's healthy, he could be that guy and Claypool's size can give him that opportunity. We'll see. But if they do establish that, that'll help Connor be more efficient as a running back. Yeah, he's having a really good year, and uh, Connor, Dallas this week, Cincinnati next week, Jacksonville. Wow, he's got. I mean, he's got some really good matchups coming up. He's he's so currently the number stuff. eleven running back in full PPR. That's it, huh? So I get if you told asked me where did he rank coming into the year or coming into today in PPR, I would have said a lot higher than yeah. eleven. So I get Ben's point. Okay, well, look, guys, we're gonna get some. Some uh, oh we have uh, our fantasy midseason awards scheduled for today too so we'll try to get to those best MVP LVP best waiver wire pickup second half breakout all that stuff but you know it's been a pretty stressful week really a stressful day Tuesday um, yeah because of the trade deadline yeah trade deadline was just mm-hmm. very uneventful <laughs> kind of crazy that the Packers just won't do anything to uh, to help out Aaron Rodgers. Weird. Seems like they tried. But, you know, look, everybody's probably a little on edge right now, and it's been a tough year. We know that. So when you need a moment to turn it off and hit reset, you need a moment to chill, and that is when you reach for Coors Light. It is made to chill. Dave Richard. So I knew that I was going to talk about this on the podcast. My daughter's birthday is actually today. Happy birthday, Hillary. She's 13. Happy birthday, Hillary. Yeah, so she wanted a brand-new bed frame for her birthday. We order it online, comes to the house in eight different boxes, and the instructions are in a different language, and pieces don't fit where they're supposed to fit, and it's a mess. It took two days, and I'm good at building stuff. It took me two days to finish putting this bed together, and when I was done, 
on that Saturday afternoon, it was like five o'clock. I knew that that was my time to go pop open a Coors Light and just go sit in the backyard and just chill out. And I knew that I talk about it on the podcast. It was an amazing time to just sit there by myself and enjoy a cold one while I'm dripping in sweat after putting a child's bed together. And it, uh, it, it was, it was like a little mini, mini, mini vacation for me to just get away from it all and just catch myself for a second. Good. It just was chill. perfect. So highly recommend that people do that. When, when you need that moment of chill, go reach for the, the Rocky mountains, the Coors light. It's, it really, it, it brightened my day. It made me come back and enjoy the rest of my evening after a tough day putting together a bed and get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. All right, your favorite sell highs. So this is fun because Dave says TJ Hawkinson's is sell high, and I think Ben had him as his second half breakout in our superlatives, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Fight, fight, fight. TJ Hawkinson. (laughs) I'm not saying to get rid of TJ Hawkinson, but I wonder if his his perceived value is higher than what his actual value is. Now, when it comes to tight ends, he's been, he's been really good the last four weeks. He's scored in three of the last four games. And in PPR last week, he gave you 13 points. But he's given you seven or fewer points in non-PPR in three of those four games. Eventually, Kenny Galladay will come back. I still view him as a touchdown or bust tight end. And if somebody in your league is trying to put together a God squad and they're, they're a tight end away and they're willing to overpay with TJ Hawkinson, man, go for it because he's not that much better than the types of streaming tight ends that are out there. So you, you make the conscious choice to stream tight ends. This is a great week to start doing it. Eric Ebron, Logan Thomas are two guys that you can pick up. Um, Robert Tanyan, if, if we're before the, if you're listening to this before the Thursday night game, he could be somebody that steps up without that run game there for green Bay. You can stream tight end decently. Trey Burton's another name. And if you can sell high on Hawkins, I'm not telling you to get rid of him, but if someone's looking for a tight end, they might overpay for him based on what the stats have been for him. The touchdowns yeah. specifically over the last four weeks. I don't think he keeps it up and scores a touchdown every week. Yeah. I had made the same exact case last week. I thought he was a great sell high um, just because he was like, you know, having a nice year, but not really truly breaking out. So if you had two tight ends, he was perfect. But now you get the Galladay injury. And he got 10 targets in the last game. Stafford threw the ball a lot more. So, Ben, you know, is that factor again? Why do you have Hawkinson as a second-half breakout? Yeah, Stafford will continue to throw the ball a lot. But, yeah, over five targets, over 50 yards averaged in the games without Galladay. I think he's a top-five tight end, maybe six or seven. But I don't really want to get rid of him. And I'm a bit scared to stream tight ends if I have someone with Hawkinson who I think is going to have a good floor without Galladay. If Galladay was there... I agree. I, I want to get rid of him, and I don't think the touchdowns will stay up, but if he can get five catches, four catches, and 50 yards every game, maybe a touchdown, I like that from my tight end. If you could turn Hawkinson into Mark Andrews, would you do it? I would. I, I would. would. But Andrews is in my top five. You know, I'll give you a bold prediction. You ready? Oh, I need like uh, like some music here. Any? That's not bold prediction. Jordan oh, that's Reed. That's an Adam bold prediction. It, it's a scary <laughs> prediction. Jordan Reed is better than TJ Hawkinson rest of season. Jordan Reed will have two better weeks than TJ Hawkinson. I agree. <laughs> he might only play two more weeks. Exactly. Okay. All right. Per game. Um, again, oh, sorry. That, that's the beauty of streaming. That's also assuming that Jordan Reed is back in action soon. Let me stop slowing everybody down. Mike Evans and Todd Gurley are next for Dave on the sell high list. Gurley, we've talked about a lot. His schedule gets tougher. Um, he's got a buy coming up. He has the Saints twice and the Bucks once before this season's over, and he never catches the ball, but he does have eight rushing touchdowns. So I think we're all on the same page with Gurley. Would you trade Gurley for Clyde Edwards, Elair, and or Jonathan Taylor? I think it's close with those guys. So I would say yes. If I if I felt really good about my running back depth and I wanted to have like if Gurley was my third running back, yes, I would do that. Okay. If Gurley was my first running back, I don't think I'm selling high. I think I've got to just you know, then at running back at that case, got to keep him. All right, Mike Evans, sell high. He had a great game. He's coming off of what I think will probably end up being one of his last great games of the season. I do expect Antonio Brown to make a big difference in this passing game. He'll be the better downfield threat. Godwin's going to get healthy. He's going to be the short area threat. Where does that leave Mike Evans? 
maybe as the red zone guy. Four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown feels like his ceiling now moving forward. Well, I, I shouldn't say moving forward. Moving forward with Brown and Godwin on the field. But what if Godwin is out for like four to six weeks? Then that would obviously help Mike Evans, and I'll feel stupid for saying what I'm saying like, right it's now. It's possible. So, okay. Is um, it? Well, that's, that's what was the report. That it was going to be a much longer injury. Yeah. Then they would have I'm put still him on selling. The you can sell that's him, true. and Gronk is a factor too. Like Evans was the only guy scoring touchdowns from the one-two yard line, and now Gronk is getting more involved. So I agree. It is you know Evans will be good if Godwin is out, but it is a good time to sell Evans if you can. Yeah, and what happens when Mike Evans has a three-catch, thirty-yard, zero touchdown game? which could happen as soon as this week against the Saints. Saints have done a good job taking Mike Evans away over the course of his career. You're not going to get the same type of value for him then. You got to wonder what the coverage is going to be like because he gets the Saints, then Carolina. They've been great against wide receivers, and then he might get Jalen Ramsey. I don't know who Jalen Ramsey would shadow if the wide receivers are all if healthy. If he shadows, right. Mike Evans has been playing in the slot a decent amount this year, I believe. I know he did on yes. uh, on Monday night. Okay, Ben's buy high, buy low, uh, sell high, sell high, excuse me. Devin Singletary, we talked about him on Monday's show, not getting the, the goal line work. He's, you know, he's nothing play. valuable. Yeah. See nope. what you can get for him. And then DK Metcalf, you, you little, I, why? Why you got to hate on DK Metcalf, my man? And it is not hating on him. He's just the wide receiver three overall. I think he slides down to the eight to 10 range for the season. Maybe he stays in the top five, but I'm talking downgrade to somebody like Diggs, Lockett, Thielen, and get an upgrade somewhere else. You know, okay. He's going to be up and down in terms of target share, just like you want to sell Lockett after a big game. I want to sell either one of these guys after a big game because I don't think either one will finish in the top five. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Tyler Lockett is actually, believe it or not, I know he had that one huge game. He's averaging more PPR fantasy points than DK Metcalf. The huge game. Yeah, <laughs> that's just kind of funny to think about. Biometer. So these are just some guys that I thought maybe could fit into Bilo. You tell me if you agree. The Biometer, 0 to 10. How interested are you in buying low on DeAndre Swift? Four. Seven. I thought he for sure would be one of Dave's. Adrian Peterson has 42 carries in his last four games, and none of them have gone for more than 10 yards. That is wild. This, he could be running out of they gas. They don't care. It, no, they, they don't. should care. It is time. I know they should care. Every but they reason don't care. to play DeAndre Swift more. And you, I saw your tweet. His yeah, play yeah, time yeah. is going I, up. He had some bad luck last week. Get DeAndre Swift, right? If you can't, that's why I gave him a seven. Right. Okay, good. Leonard Fournette, biometer. Six. Six. Yeah. Who'd you rather have rest of season? Well, Swift. For, Fournette or Swift? I'd rather have Swift. Now I know you gave Swift a higher note on the bio, higher grade on the biometer, but I think some of that should also be you know what we perceive his value to be, what you'd have to give up for him. Um, but they're probably fairly similar, I guess. In I think value. they're pretty similar. Right. I agree that you'll have to give up more for Swift than for Fournette, but I think fantasy managers realize what Fournette could be, and that's the main back in Tampa Bay. That Pandora's box has been opened for that now. You think so? Because I just feel like I, maybe one more fumble. Which <laughs> could Tampa. happen as soon as this that week fumble, against the Saints. You know, that fumble was really kind of a tough luck fumble. Coaches uh, don't care, though. He was, uh, he's so I bad disagree. At, he's so I, bad and, at and catching I've, the ball. It's just unbelievable. He's on his knees catching the ball, yeah. cradles it in his chest, and then it comes out. All right, um, sorry, back to the biometer. Cooper Cup, sixth most targets among wide receivers. He did just have 21 targets last week, but 25% target share, only two touchdowns. That's just weird for Cup. He's usually the touchdown guy. Biometer on Cup, and going into a buy, you know, value a little lower right now. Five, but it's just because I sent offers for Cup this week, and managers think his value is pretty high after this right. big game. So yep. I want Cup, but I'll give You're it a gonna five. You're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay up for Cup. And I don't think a lot of people want to do it. So if I could buy low on Cup, it's like a 10. But I think the reality, I think Ben's right. It's like a 5. Yeah, he didn't have that great of a game considering he had 21 targets. So I thought maybe people wouldn't react that way. But okay. Well, there's some people that see 21 targets and they go, oh my God, he, you know, that's a ridiculous you know, amount of targets without thinking about, well, how much did Jared Goff actually throw in the game? Right. But he's always been, all, all season and really his whole career, he's gotten a lot of targets. He's never been a guy that, 
gets by on three or four targets a game. No, but he had been, going back to the last half of 2019, Cup had been about six targets a game. And then the first two weeks of the season, five targets, six targets. But since then, he's really gotten... He's pretty, ramped it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is 10th in targets among wide receivers. He has only one touchdown this year. He's on pace for 102 catches, 1,376 yards, two touchdowns on 134 targets. Biometer on Robbie Anderson. Nine. Yeah, I was going to say eight. I think that this is a good buy low receiver to go get because he's been dragged through the dirt the last three weeks, 11, 13, nine PPR points. And that was after the first five games when he was getting a lot of numbers. So I think that that could bounce back. Which side would you rather have, Robbie Anderson and DeAndre Swift or Mike Evans? Oh, Anderson and Swift. Anderson and Swift. I think Anderson and Evans are even for the rest of the year. That's what I figured. Uh, How about a Denver wide receiver? They got Atlanta, then Vegas, then Miami, then the Saints. It's not... It's a pretty favorable schedule these next four weeks. I don't even know if it's a buy low. It might just be go to the waiver wire. Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, if he plays... Dave, are you seeing any any interest in Denver in a Denver wide receiver? I, I think if you want to acquire one of these guys, you you start setting up a trade by going after a bigger player on somebody's team and say, okay, what are you going to give me for Alvin Kamara and Jerry Judy? And the manager will say, what? You're going to need a lot to get those guys. And then you go, okay, well, how about just Judy then? <laughs> and then you hope to just kind of sneak them on your roster. Because if you go to somebody saying... I offer you Matt Breida for Jerry Judy. Like if they need a running back, they'll take that in a heartbeat, but they'll wonder, well, why are you going after Jerry Judy? And the reason why you should go after Judy is because he had a bunch of targets last week. We know the talent is there. It's just a matter of time. It's kind of like the Jonathan Taylor thing. He's another player that had a ton of talent coming into the year, a lot of expectations, and it just hasn't clicked yet for him. And it's gonna, is and it, you want to have him on your team when it does. But or is that going to be Tim Patrick? You know, Patrick was be- playing better. It could than, be Patrick too. It really could, but we don't know how he'll be when he comes back from this injury. Well, Tim I don't want to give up an asset for Patrick, but I probably like Patrick more if he's playing. If he's at a hundred percent, he's probably the better pass catcher for Drew Locke style for now. Mm-hmm. But I could, I could absolutely see Judy. I, I just, I, I'm with you, Ben. I don't want to give up anything big for Judy. Well, Patrick is. I don't even want to give up Matt Burita for Jerry Judy. Uh, no, Patrick is forty-seven percent roster right now, and if he's playing, you're going to want him against the Falcons. So keep an eye on it. Josh Allen is my last guy on the biometer. Four straight games with twelve to nineteen fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. He played pretty poorly in two of them. I thought he played well against the Jets. They just couldn't score, and I thought you couldn't really judge him based on last week. He threw eighteen times. It was a windy game. They were able to run the ball successfully against the Patriots. So I'm wondering. He's got Seattle this week. So start with that. Then Arizona. That should be a shootout. Then a bye. Then the Chargers. They're thirtieth against quarterbacks. So the upcoming schedule seems pretty good for Josh Allen, and he's running more now. Uh, so I think it's a it's a decent case for a buy low on Allen. What do you guys think? Biometer. I'm hesitant to do it just because he couldn't put up great numbers against the Jets two weeks ago, and uh, I didn't expect him to have a great game against the Patriots, but I expected more than what he gave, and maybe it was just because they were able to run the football finally for Buffalo. So I, I wonder if they're going to try and keep doing that against Seattle in an attempt to keep Russell Wilson from doing his thing because Buffalo knows their defense isn't very good at this point. And if, if, if Allen starts pressing, like we've seen the past couple of weeks, especially in the red zone, he's, I I don't see him. I don't see him getting the types of numbers that he did earlier this year. And I'm still, I I'm looking at it right now, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, new England. Those are the last four games. Well, week 13 through 16, week 17, he's got Miami. I don't know if you play into week 17, but that schedule scares me. I don't want him to be my quarterback in the fantasy playoffs, especially based can, on how he's been playing I can the last appreciate that, weeks. but the the Seattle, Arizona, then a bye, then the Chargers looks really yeah, good. Yeah, you know, it on paper it makes sense, but I if you, if you get him have another quarterback just in case he doesn't deliver to expectations and the time to trade for him is now because people that have Josh Allen are seeing okay, his numbers are starting to dwindle. Maybe he was just, you know, a first half stud. Okay, what do you what are you gonna give me for Josh Allen? I'll give it an eight because of that reason. If you're gonna trade for him, it's right now. Yeah, look, I, I also would say that 
even if he just reverts to last year's Josh Allen, he's going to be better than he's been because he rushes, you know? He, he's got he's averaging 36 rushing yards in his last four games, which is a pace of 576 yards. If you rush for 500 yards, you're going to end up certainly being a top 12 quarterback, probably a top 10 quarterback. Um, so the production hasn't been there in the passing game. I think a lot of it might be John Brown, so hopefully Brown can get on track and help Josh Allen. Here's a new segment, and it's called... Here's something that you're not going to care about, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is going to face Byron Jones. I don't know if they'll shadow him or whatever, but Byron Jones, Tredavious White, Seattle, Stefan Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey, James Bradbury, and Darius Slay in his next seven games. How about that? Who cares? Yeah, precisely. But I told you. I don't anyway. see any of those guys closing out Hopkins. News and notes, Antonio Brown is going to play this week, but Bruce Arians said, quote, it could be 10 plays, it could be 35 plays. I wouldn't anticipate 60 plays for sure, but we'll just see how it goes. Dave, are you starting Brown against the Saints Sunday night? I think he's a very good flex play. Okay. Matt Breida or Antonio Brown? I think I'm going to go Brown in PPR, and I might take him in non-PPR too. I'll go Brown in both. Do you sort of get the sense it's prime time? It's his first game, first game back. It's prime time. Sure. He's going to want to put on a show. I mean, there could also be some significant rust. How much practice has he had? A couple of weeks worth, maybe. First time on the field with Brady. Now I know he's played with Brady before, and that's a good thing. But it's not like he played a year with Brady. <laughs> a game. <laughs> he played a game with Brady. Yeah. So I, I'm. I don't want to. Like my first run of rankings, he was a top twenty receiver, and I just told myself. You're, you're too excited about this guy. You got to tone it down. Okay. Tevin Coleman and Debo Samuel are out this week. Jordan Reed has a chance to play. Same with Al and Lazard. The Packers attempted to acquire Will Fuller, but they weren't quite willing to pay up. Looks like the Packers have a decent chance of getting cornerback Kevin King back this week. He was listed as limited in practice. The Patriots acquired Isaiah Ford from the Dolphins for a sixth round pick. Andy Dalton is on the reserve COVID list, so he's out this week, and the, Dol- the Cowboys have not decided on a starting quarterback. Could be Cooper Rush. Who, who are we looking or at? Garrett Gilbert. Or Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert right. Yeah. Uh, they're both are better than Danucci. That's the good news. Detroit the bad news li- is that they're not better than Andy Dalton. Detroit linebacker Jared Davis is on the reserve COVID list. That's a that's a big blow for them. Chicago right tackle Bobby Massey is on IR with a knee injury, and backup offensive tackle Jason Spriggs is on the reserve COVID list. So right tackle could be a trouble spot for the Chicago Bears this The offensive line has been a trouble spot for the Chicago Bears for two seasons. Let's go to the game. Green Bay at San Francisco. When we finish this, we will do our our first half awards and fantasy cops and your Apple podcast questions. Green Bay at San Francisco. Here we go. Stat of the game. The Packers. I already gave this stat. They are ninth in rushing yards per game, but the stat was basically their running backs have just been tremendous. Aaron Jones, touchdown in all five games. Jamal Williams, more than 100 yards in both starts. A touchdown in one of them. But you're not, you guys are hesitant to start a Packers running back. Understandable. So Aaron Rodgers is top seven. What's the, what are the tough calls in this game? You know, let's well at least with the Packers. You're starting Rodgers, you're starting Adams. I suppose it would be Alan Lazard if he plays and Robert Tanyan. Ben, I'm gonna give you the first word. How do you feel about Alan Lazard? Fifty percent rostered. Let's say he plays. The 49ers give up the tenth fewest fantasy points to receivers. If he does play, I think he's a flex at best. I don't know if he'll be eased in. I don't know. But the thing is, Rogers is gonna throw a lot. So he is a flex play, but I'd rather not start him in his first game back. Dave? Lazard? I'm not counting on him playing as of this point. If he does play, he's at best a flex. I do think Tanyan can be an asset for Green Bay. Tanyan, sorry. My bad. Tanyan, Tanyan, my yeah. bad. You know, old habits die hard. So. <laughs> yeah, I set the tone. I uh, I believe that he could end up getting a little bit more target share than we've seen because the run game is a humongous question mark, and if they can't get going, they got to move the ball somehow. <laughs> can we just address... That it looks like Dave is in, in, a, in a foggy shower right now. He put an Instagram filter on his <laughs> what happened? video. I don't know. I did. You <laughs> know what? That's funny. That's sunlight coming through. You think so? I think it definitely it is. is, but it's an Instagram filter. It's oh, really man. funny. All right, Dave. We're, on, we're, we're keeping this, Dave. That's this fine. You can keep it. Okay, okay. Is yeah. this any better? It is not, this? not any better. I don't think <laughs> okay, it's fine. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Just the filter. <laughs> <laughs> 
who's a who's the better flex in this game? Dexter Williams, Tyler Irvin, or Alan Lazard? <laughs> no, there's like crap on my camera. I don't think there's crap on your camera. I don't think it got there. I think it's just the sun. I think it's Lazard, Adam. I think Lazard is going to have the most catches, and we can't predict the rushing yards or the rushing touches. So I'll play Lazard, but I don't think Lazard plays. So Irvin of the two running backs, like we said earlier. Cool. Irvin has the much better chance to rack up some receptions. Who's the best tight end in this game? Reed, if Tanyan. he plays. I'll go Tanyan. I think if Reed plays, Dwelly has been playing a lot and he's decent. So I think maybe they split some t- some snaps. So I think they I'll both might play. They could both play a lot. But I think Reed has kind of got this role based on what we saw earlier this season of being way more of a pass catcher than a blocker. Dwelly is a little bit more of a blocker than a pass catcher. I wouldn't mind Dwelly if, if Jordan Reed isn't called up to play. You want to hear a terrible joke? Do you think they'll split Dwelly out wide and it'll be Reed between the lines? Oh. <laughs> I, told, I told you it was terrible. You should have yeah, stopped man. me. You should have stopped me. Okay, would you start Dalton Schultz or a tight end in this game? I I'll could start both tight ends in this game over Schultz. I think I would too. How about Evan Ingram at Washington or a tight end in this game? Ingram. Tunyon over Ingram. Okay. Nick Mullins is about 20th for Jamie and Heath, not ranked outside the top 24. Uh, Nick Mullins is completing this year 70.4% of his passes and averaging 8.6 yards per attempt. Let that sink in. He's been... Nick Mullins might get benched. I mean, yes, if he throws some interceptions, he might get benched. The Packers have one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL in terms of pressure percentage. Uh, They do... They have been pretty good against quarterbacks. You know, the one thing the Packers do, if you're wondering, the metrics say they have a bad defense. They can't get to the quarterback. Their yards per attempt is terrible. How are they doing this? The Packers are the slowest-paced team in the NFL. They are 32nd in pace, not in situation neutral, which is kind of gives an idea of how they want to run their offense, but 32nd in pace overall. So, And the Niners are down low too, and the Niners are even lower in situation neutral uh, pace. So this could be a game without a lot of possessions, without a lot of plays being run, kind of a slower game, which isn't great for offense, obviously. I understand nobody's trusting Nick Mullins. I have Nick Mullins and Nick Foles in a 2QB league. I have Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. So I am all about St. Nick's this week, Nick Mullins and Nick Foles. And you know what? There could be worse weeks to be starting those guys, I suppose. Do you like Love, Jermichael Hasty, Dave? What do you think? I I like him more than McKinnon in non-PPR. I will take McKinnon in full PPR. What we learned last week was after Tevin Coleman went out, Hasty was in on obvious running situations, McKinnon in obvious passing situations, except there was one series in the third and one series in the fourth where McKinnon, or I'm sorry, in the second and the third, where McKinnon was basically taking over. And then in the fourth, when they were playing from behind, it was McKinnon every single play. And I thought McKinnon looked okay as a pass catcher, running routes, working after the catch. I thought he was fine. So I don't know where this idea of him having tired legs comes from, but I don't see him getting 15 touches. I think he's a PPR-only type of play. I think Hasty is at worst a flex in PPR and maybe makes the cut as a low-end number two running back in non-PPR because of that rushing downs role. And the Packers are just terrible. Terrible. They give up the, the most points. They give up the most I mean, points to running backs. But they also give up the most receiving Dalvin yards. Cook contributed to that last week. I mean, he had a, a, an amazing game and... Packers defense, it's been all year. They've struggled with running backs, and Kyle Shanahan is the rushing wizard. Yeah. So he can probably figure out something with Hasty. And Hasty had a bad average last week, whatever, the two games before he was doing all right. So it's a great opportunity for him. I it's a great opportunity. I'm surprised that you're starting McKinnon over him, even in PPR, because yeah, I did mention though the Packers are giving up the most receiving yards to running backs. So that is a good thing. But second most. Uh, I have him with the most, but... I got him with the second Yards most, per so game. There. Yards per game. Oh, okay. Doing total yards. I've got a yards per catch. Oh, no. The, the uh, so mo- it's the second most yards per catch to running back. Okay. And they and the most yards per game to running back. So whatever. Um, they've allowed 17 or more non-PPR fantasy points to a running back in four of their last five games. Kamara, Gurley, Ronald Jones, and Dalvin Cook. So Hasty... Yeah, those guys, are, those guys are a little better than Hasty. Are Gurley and Ronald Jones... That much better than Hasty? Talent-wise, 
situation wise. I think situation wise, he's the yes. same. I think. Well, Jones is Jones wasn't when they played. Like, yeah, Jones oh, was when he played. Now that. he's not. That's true. So that was a game where Jones was playing without Fournette and got a hundred. That's yards. true. But right. but either so way, now but, of course, listen to what he's in a better situation. Listen to what Shraggy B just said. He thinks Hasty goes off. I think he does. I think he gets 15 plus rushes because you can run on this Packers defense. And I think McKinnon plays a lot. And I do like McKinnon as a flex in PPR, but I think Hasty has the opportunity to go 15 for 100 and score. So I prefer Hasty in both formats. But Dave, I do like McKinnon in PPR. So I, I totally get that. Okay. Ben, uh, you might want to calm down. That was a little hasty. <laughs> Okay. It'll happen. It'll happen. But no, Hasty's a good RB2. Nothing more than that. Dave, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne. What do we do? You're starting Ayuk. Bourne is a PPR only bye week replacement. Are you nervous about Ayuk? You are talking about a team now in their last four games. Packers have held Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, and Chris Goblin to a combined six catches for 58 yards. Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks were good, not great. They had 12, 13 PPR fantasy points each. The Minnesota wide receivers had five PPR fantasy points each. That would be Thielen and Jefferson. Obviously, weather targets played a role in that. But this team is pretty good against wide receivers. Nobody seems to buy it. I buy it a little bit, but are you nervous about Ayuk? Are you confidently starting him? I'm confidently starting him as a number two receiver. Okay, would you start... They're, they don't have a lot of other targets, and I think eventually they'll play from behind. Would you start Ayuk or DJ Moore? Ayuk I, I, in non PPR, I would do. I would start for sure, and I think I'd go with him over more in PPR as well. Okay, then Carolina is at Kansas City this week. Corey Davis or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk. Ayuk. Okay. The Packers DST, 8th for Jamie, 18th for Dave, 14th for Heath. Not super helpful there. Let's do our second half awards. We'll fire through these, and then we'll get to the Fantasy Cops. Dave, your Fantasy MVP is? My Fantasy MVP for the first half of the 2020 season, as I kill seconds of time Russell looking Wilson, Dave. my MVP is Russell Wilson. There you go. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, he is actually only averaging about one more fantasy point per game than Kyler Murray in four point per passing touchdown leagues. But you but, drafted him after. Well, they were they were almost identical in ADP. Same but, round, yeah. But you think so? I yeah, think he was drafted I, after. I know for I know for a fact. Uh, but six point per passing touchdown leagues, he's averaging five more fantasy points per game than Kyler Murray. Murray, by the way, has seven rushing touchdowns, so that explains the gap. Hard to argue with Russell Wilson. He has been like almost 35 points per game. Astronomical numbers in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. That And Ben, your MVP was? Alvin Kamara. Horrible yeah, pick. He's got Horrible pick. Awful pick, I know. I no, know. It, it, this, is, this is not... It's the choice. It was pick. the third pick of the draft. Come on. He's your MVP. Guess what the other first-rounders have done this year? Yeah, Nothing. That's true. <laughs> so Good point. He has one game under 20 points, Adam. It sucks. It was 19.9 points. The dude's a stud. He's the only stud from the first round. Kamara's my MVP, but yes, Russell's a good second option, not my MVP. You know, Dalvin Cook is actually averaging more fantasy points per game in non-PPR than Kamara, and not too far behind in PPR. Missed a game, huge game last week. I'm not worried. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, The least valuable player, Dave, what do you got? I went with Lamar Jackson. He was drafted as the first or second quarterback off the board. In some leagues, he was a first-round pick. We laughed at those people who took him then. And now look at what he's delivered this year. He's not even a top-10 fantasy quarterback um, so far this season. I do think he turns it around, but for the first half of the year, least valuable pick outside of guys who got hurt like Saquon and you know everybody else, McCaffrey. Right. Okay, That's we didn't do any injury guys here. That's Lamar Jackson. He, ben? What do you got for least valuable? I had Lamar there for a very long time. Then I realized Cam Akers was a fifth-round pick. Cam Akers has 37 touches this year. He's my least valuable pick. Cam, it's a good call. He's been a dud. And Mm -hmm. Swift is getting his turn. And uh, Dobbins is getting his turn. Henderson has an injury. But I was looking at their schedule. They have a... I think they have a really bad rushing schedule coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll confirm. Let's go to our next 
Go to our next superlative. That would be the best waiver wire pickup. Ben, I'll start with you. It's James Robinson. He was a preseason waiver wire guy, maybe week one waiver wire guy, but he's a top five running back. Most touches of any running back in terms of percentage of their backfield and double digit points in every game, two 30 plus point games. James Robinson is the best waiver wire pickup of the year so far and will be for the whole season. Dave agrees. He also had James Robinson. The other guy that Ben was going to say was Robbie Anderson. Also a good call. Uh, Cam Akers on a bye this week. Then Seattle, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. Actually, tough matchup Seattle for for running backs, typically. Tampa Bay is eighth against running backs. San Francisco is second. Then it gets easier after that. Our next category is I kill time. Okay, it's best draft best pick. Best draft pick. Yes, best draft pick. Which I broke the rules for. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah, I picked a whole team instead of just one player because I didn't want to give Russell Wilson the fantasy MVP and the best draft pick. You took the Seahawks. I just took a bunch of Seahawks. Been superstar starters uh, for every week that they've been healthy. It's Russ, it's DK, it's Lockett, it's Carson. I'm just going to look at DJ Dallas this week. Fantasy pros, fantasy football calculator ADP. We'll just go through. All these Seahawks. Will oh, so Chris Carson was the first one off the board. Let me just search. Chris Carson was a round two pick, two ten. Tyler Lock. Oh, DK Metcalf was forty eighth. Well worth it. Tyler Lockett was fifty seventh. Worth it. <laughs> Bless me. Uh, Russell Wilson was fifty. I just sneezed in case people were wondering what I was talking about. Russell Wilson was right after Tyler Lockett, fifty eighth. Kyler Murray was three picks after that. And that's uh, that's what we're looking at. So top, they're all top 60 picks, but they probably, based on what we've seen, they probably should have been top 12 picks. They've been that good. Uh, okay, Ben, for you, best draft pick? Yeah, it was Russell Wilson, too. Sixth-round quarterback at that value. Whew, he's the winner. Worst draft pick for Ben was Lamar Jackson. Worst draft pick for Dave, Tyler Higby. Remember him? Yeah, I remember him. Loved him all offseason. Thought he was going to evolve into a regular part of this Rams offense. He did in week two. And then he's been gone basically since then. Had some me had some mediocre PPR games since that week two game, but now you can find him on the waiver wire. It did not work out like I thought. Okay, our next category is the second half superstar for Ben. It's T.J. Hawkinson. We already talked that. I not superstar by, by the way, just second half star. There's a huge difference. Dave, who's your second half? I've oh, no, I think I did put superstar. You did you put did. superstar. Oh, okay. Hawkinson, baby. Okay, superstar. Wow. How about you, Dave? Who's your second half superstar? Who else but Antonio Brown? Flex this week. Three weeks from now, he might be a top 12 receiver that you just run right back to starting without even thinking about matchups or anything else. So what he once was, once upon a time before his feet started freezing and his helmet stopped fitting and he started you know, doing crazy stuff and some not so great stuff, yeah. but he's, he's back, he's playing and he's in a great offense for him to shine. So Ben, we had the late addition category, which was the biggest waste of fab or the worst waiver wire pickup. Did you have anything for this? Or did I throw this at you all too late? Remember Benny Snell? It's 19 rushes wow. in week one. James Connor is James Connor hurt. Is James Conner just sucking and he got benched? Snell has 25 rushes since that game. Hasn't gone over 20 yards since that game. We were telling people, yeah, 30, 40% on Snell. He could be the next RB1. Whew, Ooh, I don't remember saying 30 or 40. I don't think I remember even saying 20. I just looked at the Snell. notes. It was pretty bad for Snell. But otherwise, I mean, there's been some great pickups, but oof, Snell was bad. I want to see how much he went for an hour in our podcast league, because I'm looking at fantasy football today, our, fan, our FFT league, he went for $0 to Jamie, but I'm pretty sure Jamie got him on like a Sunday before the Connor injury, just on a, on a whim, basically. So, yeah, I'm trying to find some other big bids here that were bad. $41 on Mike Davis, that made sense. $40 on Devontae Freeman, that made sense. Does Dearness Johnson qualify? Yes. He's a popular name. Yeah. After yeah, the Nick Chubb one. injury. You know, that Justin did not work out. Justin Jefferson's another good waiver wire guy. Seventeen dollars in this league. Yeah, all right. Uh, Thirty-one dollars for Latavius Murray. I don't know what that was all about. Just looking at one league here. So okay, 
I, I think Benny Snell was a was a pretty good call. Good job, Ben. Proud of you, man. Thanks. I, I support all other Bens, even if they suck after week one. <laughs> okay. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to the fantasy cops. Here we go. This is from Weston. I need your help in regulating the proper use of an IR spot. My commissioner had Jalen Rager in his IR, but was activated on Saturday. But his lineup was already set, so he was able to make it through Sunday, keeping Rager on IR. On our site, you are able to edit future lineups, so his Week 9 lineup was also set with Rager on IR. And if he does not make any roster moves in Week 9, the site will not force him to activate Jalen Rager. I feel like this is a misuse of the IR spot, but he says it's fair because the system allows it and alleges other players have done it before. What do you guys, what do the fantasy cops have to say? If a player is not on IR, he should not be allowed to stay stashed in an IR spot. If people have gotten away with crimes in the past, they are still crimes in the future. This is not acceptable. That is very well said. And I admit, I actually accidentally did that with Sterling Shepard. When he played that Thursday night game, I did not activate him, and I apologize for that. I, I cheated accidentally. There's Should've... somebody in one of the leagues that we play in who put a DST in his IR spot and got away with it. <laughs> wow. I won't say who it is. I'm just going to have a drink. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, sorry. Next one is from Maddie G. Last week, I found myself scrambling to find a streamable defense. I dropped the Colts. And I added... Oh, this is from a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Sorry. I dropped the Colts who were on a buy, and I added Boston Scott with my waiver wire pickup because I saw several several streaming options at defense. Washington, San Francisco, Tennessee, to name a few. Figured I'd find a roster spot by Sunday. My opponent, after already starting the Eagles defense on Thursday, proceeded to systematically add and drop five defenses, which put them all on waivers until after Sunday's games. With very few streaming options, I traded Boston Scott to the Miles Sanders owner for the Bucks defense. My opponent claims it's a strategy recommended by a different podcast, but the consensus around our league is that it's shady. My question is, is this a shady practice or accept- acceptable strategy? I know I put myself in the situation by waiting to add a defense, but I've done that many times and never had this problem before. We get a question like this several times a year. It usually happens in the fantasy playoffs where a manager will add and drop a bunch of kickers or whatever and uh, put them all on waivers. Fantasy cops, what have you to say? You should have in your rule book that because it's so shady and because there is intent of this crime, in the rule book it should say, if there's intent, clear intent of this occurrence where you're dropping 10 kickers, dropping 10 quarterbacks, you should have the option, the commissioner can override it, allow the team to add one of the guys. 100%. 100%. A commissioner should allow anything and any of those players to get picked up if the guy literally went through and added and dropped one after the other, after the other, after the other. Yep. Shady now, if, stuff. If, if, a guy, if a guy adds a defense on Wednesday and then drops them by Saturday for a different defense, that's different. Kosher. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Big difference there. All right. We got another Fantasy Cops question. This comes from Apple Podcasts as we get into your Apple Podcast questions. From Zach from Illinois. Hey, Peyton, Marvin, Reggie, Jeff, Robert, and Dwight. Colts. Yes. I am the commissioner in a redraft league of 12 casual football fans. I currently have it to where the commissioner vetoes and approves all trades. A fellow league member is one in six and offering to trade his whole team to anyone. Everyone in the league tells me I am a corrupt commissioner if I veto a trade where both sides agree. I have most recently approved a trade that was Jamison Crowder for Saquon Barkley. What do I do, cops? You veto that trade because it's redraft and Saquon Barkley is out for the year. That should not be allowed to happen. Agreed. Yeah, That's ridiculous. obvious. What's, why do people do this? I just I would never be in a league where someone would ever do that. Because yeah, if I'm going to so be given Jamison Crowder for nothing, no, I'm saying why would the, help my why team? would the of guy who has Saquon Barkley be doing this? He's just he's one in six, and he's just like ah, oh, I'm just going to create chaos in my league. It's it's a yeah. really mean thing to do. People want to play fantasy; they want to have fun. It's mean. It's me, I, I tell you. I used to wonder the same thing, Adam. And then I played, my, my father played fantasy football for one year. And when he was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, he dropped everybody on his team. It's mean. 
It's it's. I can't believe my dad did. Your that. dad is mean. He is. <laughs> no, you have to veto that. Your your league mates yes. are wrong. You have to veto that. Thank you for the fantasy cops questions. Keep them coming. Grade the trade from Apple Podcasts from Emaw. Give Will Fuller. Get Chase Edmonds. My running backs are currently Singletary, Moss, and Mostert. You got to do it. It's an ugly running back room. You got to do it. Yeah, you need to win this week. You know Edmonds is going to play this week. Maybe he'll have a feature role next week as well. That sucks that you have to give up Fuller, but you Slight have to chance do it. that he could have the, the role the rest of the way, but I wouldn't count on it. From it, Josh, it, You are overpaying for Edmonds. Josh in the hometown of Richard Pryor. I don't know. Where's Richard Pryor from, I wonder? Ben, I'll tell you all about Richard Pryor after the show. <laughs> I give Zeke, Gio, Bernard, and McLaurin. Give Zeke, Gio, and McLaurin. Get Michael Thomas. No, this is a little outdated. Miles Gaskin and Travis Fulgham. Ooh. If Gaskin was healthy, I would say it's an even deal, but given Gaskin's injury, no thanks. What if you just look at it as Zeke, Zeke and McLaurin for Michael Thomas and Travis Fulgham? I don't. I think that. I think it's pretty close. Fairly even. I think it's yeah. Yeah. Are we really buying into Fulgham that much? We are, right? Uh, you have oh, yeah, to, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. From mighty reviewer, give Robert Woods and Gio Bernard get Stefan Diggs. Yes, please. Good trade. I think you're. I, I think it works because Gio's value is going to sink as soon as Joe Mixon comes back. But we're, we're thinking that schedule next, that I laid week? out for Josh Allen. Obviously, that's the same schedule for Stefan Diggs. Dave, we're thinking that's next week for Mixon. Could be. Yeah, that's how I'm approaching it. But because people, a lot of people are asking, can I drop Geo? I think he's obviously one of the most certain. valuable it's handcuffs. It's just not certain, so I I wouldn't do it if I didn't have to. Well, thank you all for listening. Much appreciated. We will have starter sit for the AFC home games tomorrow. We will have Twitch tomorrow as well at 4 p.m. Eastern. Twitch.com/slash/ff today for Ben Tracker and Dave Richard. I am Adam Azer. Talk to you tomorrow.